0: visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at maccom or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Annie Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage. Lo-Fi act Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. Licensed Lender Broker Number, ML338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker. License Number, MC338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number, 20112810L. Call for additional details. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it
1: is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the nineties as the best organization in baseball because the Yankees are not, or even close to the best organization in baseball.
2: They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like you're the Yankees.
1: Sports talk with RJ. I'm Steve Rister along here with Justin D'Anafrio. and we have a a bad, bad story at Michigan. They, I mean, uh, they have the sign ceiling scandal that, you know, it, it started last week. It's been very, very controversial. And, and Justin, I got to ask you how big of a deal is this right now for Michigan?
2: Well, this won't affect them this year because we are dealing with the NCAA, who take forever to bring out any type of punishment. You could AK Kansas last week in that six year FBI investigation that turned out to be nothing to all. Well, Should have been something more, but you know, my thoughts on bill self. <coughs> yeah. Um, but for them for this year now future wise like i could see this turning up to be like the houston astros type thing like where yeah maybe some of the coaches get punished like i I is definitely at this point going to the nfl next year there's, there's oh yeah i, I think a I, he's getting
1: the bears job i feel
2: like i i i would if i had to yeah guess that i think that's probably where he's most likely gonna end up here um but you know, so like this year it's not gonna affect them. Maybe in the future, we'll see. But like the NCAA investigations they take forever, you know. But um, but for this year's team, I don't I wouldn't really have to worry too much because even if the NCAA, NCAA wanna take them to court now or they want you know, Michigan kind of hold it up and kind of wait till after the season. So I wouldn't expect anything like too drastic for the this team right at this moment.
1: You said it won't affect them this year, but how much of a distraction will it be this season seeing the season they're having number being number two in the country how big of a distraction will it be
2: you know i don't know and i think with harbaugh i think harbaugh is gonna have that mindset of us against the world type mentality they've just gone out and just and again eight seconds look they punched so punched in another touchdown last week against michigan state you know like i don't i don't i think this team's gonna they were wearing like free jim harbaugh shirts off the bus like the opening week when he did that like three game suspension? Like, it's you know, like I think Michigan's kind of good it's going to be like, okay, well, you can do it, but we're still the best team out there. So I don't think it'll be too much of a distraction, unless for some, you know, um for right. I just I don't think it'll it'll distract this team too much, especially you know, if they don't play Penn State till a couple weeks. Like till then, they should just absolutely continue to just murder teams out there.
1: Yeah, I mean they should. They should yeah, until the Penn State game, They should. They should, they should beat up teams pretty good. But, uh, but you've been, we've been talking about, yeah, it's not going to affect them this year. But will this affect this program going forward?
2: I could, Dev. I could see it. And, uh, you know, I kind of brought up the Astros thing. Like, I could see a punchman like that. Because I feel like there's been a lot of coaches that haven't really come out and spoke against them. Like, I think a lot of teams try to get away with some of this illegal scouting stuff. But the thing is, I think Michigan just got sloppy with it. You know, with the ticket um, purchasing, you know, Using his name, the Venmos, the public Venmos, getting paid for it—like they're just very sloppy. And you know, there's that video of too of the Ohio State last Ohio State game where he's clearly looking at their sidelines and then telling the defensive coordinator what's going on. And you could see them pointing a sign to the defense, even though Ohio State did score a touchdown in that play. Um, but this punishment, like you know, it depend- Like it really depends if the NSA really wants to set. The tone, then I think they will. If not, maybe you get a bull bait. Like I don't, you know, you never know with the NCAA with these punishments because Michigan can fight it, and then the NCAA kind of drops everything, just like Kansas. They had five level one uh, violations last week. They the FBI said no, or you know, the investigation came out and they had none. Like it, it was you know. So I, you know, who knows? But. I, I, I could see it now. Again, it would stink for future players that this could be maybe affect them. But, like, I feel like this could kind of turn out to just be like the Ashes where um, it's not too big of a point. It, you know, it, I think it all kind of depends on what the NCAA wants to do. Now, I will say this could all be avoided if you just put a mic in the, in the helmets. I know. And that's,
1: the, that's the thing, yep.
2: High schools do it. And with all the money these conferences are getting paid, if the Mac or Sunbelt don't want to pay or conference USA, then the big 10 SEC could use a little of that money and hand it out to those conferences and pay for it themselves. Cause they're making more than enough money. Cause I don't think it would cost that much to put like four mics into a helmet. It wouldn't. And it, this would not be a problem, but this is they're archaic and it's, I, I, I don't get it. So it all could be avoided, but yeah, I, I could see it being a problem in the future um for this program but you know we'll see maybe maybe this is how they get the mics and the helmet from this situation but let's hope
1: yeah I mean it's it's just it's just crazy and you know I'm not I don't know how much this goes on around college football but for me if you're Michigan do you really even need to do this you're the number two team in the country it's kind of unnecessary to do something like this
2: yeah last year you know last year you know they did it you know, and I, they, they're they definitely probably doing a little bit this year. This year, yeah, you probably have not, haven't had the need to do it all year. I do, because, you know, like Sanders, like, you know, Deion Sanders was like, you know, we could, you know, you could, we can give you our playbook. We're, you know, you still got to go out there and stop it. Like, I know Shiano was kind of the whistleblower, that halftime thing kind of, you know, hinted at it. But, like, I feel like a lot of these teams, they do it, but they're not as sloppy. They don't maybe go to the, as far as Michigan does. So like I I feel a lot of these coaches do kind of try to push the line, but it's like, it's, and again, it's like the Astros thing. Like a lot of teams probably did what the Astros did. The Astros just took it a step further and got caught. So, uh, you know, I I think you do probably see a good amount of it um, where teams kind of try to find their signals and all that. I'm surprised though teams don't try to switch it up week to week, but, you know, that's another story. But, you know, I, I, you know, I could see it where yeah I I do think a good amount of coaches probably do it and they just Michigan's kind of the one that's they're getting caught doing it
1: yeah we'll see we'll see very interesting story in Michigan and this this story is is going to be going on for a very very for a while I'd say at least two years
2: yeah yeah I could totally see it you you, you never know with the NCAA This, this this could drag on for years and years and it's kind of one of those things where maybe it's like oh yeah I forgot that happened like four or five years ago and they come out the punishment so yeah the NCAA is very slow moving and that is why they are a horrible organization. And, you know, I you know, I don't even know what they do anymore. This is not all they do. Yep, Madden exactly. deny waivers.
1: Exactly, exactly. Now let's get to the games this week. We'll start with the biggest game of the week. As Oregon faces Utah, this is a playoff game. Both these teams have one loss. Both these teams have one conference loss. If, uh, yeah, the loser of this game is going to be very, it's be very, very hard for them to get to the Pac-12 championship game. So this is a playoff game. But – I'm gonna take the team with the better quarterback here. Bo Nix is the better quarterback. I think Utah keeps up with them a little bit. Barnes keeps up with them a little bit, but I think Go Nix outplays them. And I got Oregon winning this game 34 to 24. But Justin, can Barnes in Utah get another huge conference win?
2: I, you know, I, don't, I don't think so this week. I got 24-20. The Ducks taking it. Utah, they've lost their they won 29 of the last 30 home games. You know, um, their one loss previously was 2020, but before that, it was a 2018 Washington team that ended up make the playoffs. Usually, Ross Eccles Stadium is a stadium where QBs go to die. Like QBs going to out there never play well; they're 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 pretty bad. And I think Bo Nix and that offense does enough because they get the ball quickly. And Utah really needs to force negative plays to get you behind the sticks. But I think it's going to be very tough against a Ducks team that's going to get the ball quickly. I think Bucky Irving is going to have a good game on the ground. It's going to be a very physical game up front. I think Utah's going to stay in it because of that crowd. And that and Kyle Winningham, outside of saving it, Kirby Smart, he's the third best coach in the country. Um, Kyle Winning, the, the job that he's done there. there is wow, wow. remarkable.
1: Wow. So you'll definitely take him over Brian Kelly and Dabo and those guys?
2: Oh yeah, Dabo, dabble. I know, I know, I know. Dude,
1: I know you're not. A that was a guy.
2: mess. Kelly, yeah. Kelly's good, but you know, I, I'll take Winnie. I know year in and year out, where I'm gonna get out of Kyle Winnieham. Um, but he does he, not want an actual title, been, though. He hasn't. But you, that's a tough place to get a title. Yeah. Um, you know, but look, I, I think um Oregon does enough in this one, and you know, Bryson Barnes. I think, I think he's gonna have trouble. Um, he played awesome last week. You know, Winnehan was talking. You know, he's a pig farmer. His his, his family owns a pig farm. He's a walk on. He went in there and, you know, he said, "I'll I'll take our pig farmer quarterback." better, you know, more than uh, the Heisman Trophy one on the other side. But this is gonna be a tougher game for the Utes. And I do have the Ducks keeping their hopes alive for the playoffs in the pack in the Pac-12 uh, championship games. Hope alive.
1: We will go to the Big 12 and got Oklahoma facing Kansas. And I think Dylan Brooks has a big game here. I, I think that Oklahoma – I think their defense uh, plays pretty well too with Brett Venables. I know they struggled last week, but I think they stay undefeated. I got to beat Kansas 31-20. But, Justin, can KU hand Oklahoma their first loss?
2: No, I got the, I mean, yeah, no, I got the uh, Sooners as well. 35 to 28 in this one. Sooners, 118 straight against the Jayhawks. Jason being the backup for the Jayhawks is more than likely going to get to start over uh, Daniels again, who's unfortunately still dealing with that back issue. And I, you know, I could say at this point, maybe they do shut him down. I've heard it, you know, I haven't read anything yet about that. But I think Kansas is going to have some success here on the ground running the football. You know, Oklahoma hasn't been great at stopping the run. Um, you know, two of the best backs in the Big 12, Devin Neal and Daniel Um Highshaw Jr. I think are both gonna could have two very good games on the ground, and but the difference is Kansas defense is not very good. I think Dylan Gabriel kind of figures it out, you know, and plays another really good game this week. And I think Oklahoma maybe you know kind of was feeling themselves a little bit after that Texas game, you know. I think Venerable gets them back on track, but I think Kansas is gonna fight hard and uh, try to knock off the Sooners this week.
1: We got the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville as the – they're still playing the game in Jacksonville, right? Georgia-Florida. Yep. Yeah. So as, as Georgia and Florida go at it this week. And uh, for this game, I think that uh, – I think Georgia wins it. I They run the ball well. I think Beck doesn't make mistakes. And I think some defense forces Florida to make mistakes. I do Florida think they keep it close for a half, but I think Georgia pulls away in the second half. I got Georgia winning to 27-17. But two questions here. Can – Graham Mertz pull, pull off the upset. And how much is, is, is Georgia going to miss Brock Bowers?
2: Yeah, I'll so start your first one. But Mertz, he's been playing really well. They've been getting the ball quickly. They've been giving him a lot of kind of short routes. Guys have been getting open. Um, you know, their offensive lines for the Gators is, is you know, it's pretty good. You know, they're going to face a good Georgia pass rush. You know, he's looked really good this year, and he kind of looks, you know, very comfortable. They put up a monster number against the Gamecocks. He's really protected the football. This week against George is going to be a very difficult test for him. Um, and I think he's going to struggle, especially if they get behind early. I think he'll make some throws in this one. But, you know, I, I think it could be a tougher day for him going against the George's defense. And then for the Brock Bowers, your second question, I, you know, I really like the way Brock or Carson Beck's played the last couple of weeks. I think he's starting to gain a lot of confidence. They got, you know, but Conkey's back, Lad McConkey, um, but Bowers is kind of the guy for him that you saw in that Auburn game when he needed a play. He gave he got him the football. And right now, Georgia's running game hasn't been great this year. They're you know, they, they don't have a lot of depth at the position right now. They're middle of the pack of running the football this year. You know, like McConkey's really gonna have to be the guy here that steps up. They're gonna need a Missouri transfer Dominic Lovick to make some love make some plays for this team. Like I, you know, outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. Brock Bowers is probably the second best um, kind of skill position outside of the quarterback. He's like the second best um, player in the country, I think. So I think it could be a big – it could be a tough loss for him because your next three weeks after Florida is Missouri at home, Ole Miss at home, and then you got to go to Knoxville. So we're going to find out a lot about Carson Beck in this offense. And I know they're hoping Brock Bowers comes back in the next couple weeks, but it's one of those things where he could be a top pick. I know he wants to come back, but – You've already won two national championships. Like, I know you probably want that third, but you might be inclined to take that money to, you know, and be a first-round pick. But we'll see. I think it could be a a big loss for Georgia if some of those other receivers don't step up.
1: We got BYU and Texas going at it this week. And uh, I think even though Quinn, yours is out, I think Texas still wins this game. I got them winning at 27-13. I think Brooks does a good job on the ground. And I think Texas ends up winning this game,
2: 27-13. Yeah, BYU is a very fluky five and two. They've gotten some turnover margins. They faced some backup quarterbacks. If they had Texas Tech's four-string quarterback last week that they made it difficult for them. I got the Longhorns thirty-eight to fourteen in this one. I you uh, know, yeah. Quinn here, San Andreas last year with that AC joint. I don't know how long he's to be out. I and the one thing about Sark that I do like because I know I kind of I'm pretty hard on him. Is he's very really good at um of coming up with a game plan that's gonna fit his quarterback. And Malik Murphy's a, a terrific athlete. He's a great runner. He's six five, like two thirty-five, I wanna say. Like he's a fantastic runner. He's tough to bring down, he's got a decent arm. I don't think you're gonna see Archie Manning. I I think you know the red shirts there, but like it's something early. Like in Murphy's struggles, you're gonna hear the Manning chance. Um, So for Murphy, I think it's going to be big. And I think for Sarki, I think he knows he's got to come out and have a solid game plan, kind of scripted first drive early to get Murphy in that game. And I think Brooks is going to have a big game on the ground as well. I think the option game could work very well. Uh, BYU you know, not great defensively. And I, I think Texas should roll. And they bounce back after they got lucky to kind of get out of Houston after a bad kind of spot there at the end of game last week and I think Texas bounced back and blows out uh BYU this week.
1: Battle of top 25 teams in Louisville as Duke faces Louisville. I think this is a close competitive game, but I think uh I, I think Plummer makes less mistakes than uh than Riley Leonard and that's why I got Louisville winning this one 24-20 over Duke. So
2: I got the Cardinals as well 24 to 13 Jeff Brom in that in that Cardinals team coming off a bye here. I think two weeks to kind of script something up here. And Riley Leonard re-aggravated that ankle last week at Florida State. I think he's playing. It sounds like he will. And he's in the thing. And I've kind of said, you know, a couple of times we've talked about Duke. is It's his legs that which makes him kind of the quarterback that he is. He's still not great with the arm. That's still kind of coming. Um, and this is a game where if his ankle's still bugging him, he did not move great laterally last week. Ladder- Roley last week. I don't think he'll be able to again this week. And I think they're gonna have problems. I think Louisville's defense will get after him. I think it's going to be a tough time for Duke Um, you know, to win this game, especially coming off a tough loss where until Leonard got hurt. They they had a great shot to win that football game. And when he went down, you know, they uh be- Bevelin, it's just he's not ready right now. You can totally see it. They don't really trust him either with some of the play calling that they had. So I, I think Car- I think the Cardinals win this like twenty four to thirteen.
1: We got a matchup and Berkeley as USC comes goes to Berkeley to face Cal. And I think USC bounces back this week, and Caleb Williams has a big game. And I think USC ends up winning this one by two scores. They got them winning at thirty-four to twenty to keep their very, very, very slim CFP hopes alive.
2: Limited Cal Golden Bears this week.
1: We say, "Oh my no, Golden no!
2: Play. You're yep. going
1: Cal!" Wow.
2: Yep. The uh, sounds like the flu bug is going around in uh, LA right now. Uh, wow. Lincoln Riley missed practice on Monday and Tuesday. The players did not, Lincoln Riley did not want his players to speak to the media after the lost Saturday night. Again, that's a little, that's a little, Lincoln Riley, very soft. He <laughs> plays very soft, yeah. And now, how does the team respond after two losses like they just had? Yeah, is it a team that comes out fighting and you know, kind of. You know, or feel sorry for themselves. For how soft this team plays and how soft their head coaches, I feel like this is a team that's not going to respond and is just gonna lie down and not play a great football game. You're going to sleepy Berkeley, it's not gonna be a you know, loud environment. You have to bring your own energy. And Justin Wilcox is usually a very good defensive coach, usually they play very well at home. Their defense has not shown up the last couple of weeks. They're coming off a bye. I think Justin Wilcox is to have these guys ready to go. They gave USC a run for the money last year. I, I think uh, I think Cal and that offense is gonna play well. And Alex Grinch, this I last week in that press conference after the game, he said they have he he um he said uh, we were surprised that they ran a wheel route. Um, you know, like that that got him beat, which is not true because Utah ran it multiple times a week before against Cal. And then said Bryson Barnes, we did not know that he was that good with his legs. He's been doing that all year Alex Grinch. What are you watching on film? So I I don't even know what Alex Grinch watches on film. So I, I don't know if J, I think Jalen Arthur running back to have a big day and give me the Cal Golden Bears. I'm on this USD team. I've said it multiple weeks. I don't see this team bouncing back. I don't see this team fighting. I just I just don't. This they're soft.
1: We've got a Big 10 matchup in Madison as Ohio State faces Wisconsin. And maybe Wisconsin keeps it close maybe a quarter, but I think Ohio State pulls away. I think McCord manages the game. I think Ohio State defense forces turnovers against Wisconsin's offense. And I got the Buckeyes winning this one by three scores. I got Ohio State winning 31-10. Even though I'm not totally impressed with Ohio State, I got them winning at 31-10 over Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, their defense is absolutely elite, and that's why they win this football game. I got 27-10. No Tanner uh, Mordecai. He's out. Um, Lock the freshman, is going to be a starter who hasn't. He's been okay. They had a really good fourth quarter last week after Illinois, one of their better defensive players, got a targeting call, which was pretty bad. That was not targeting. Um, but, like, for Wisconsin to be successful, like if Brandon Allen could come out with a huge run, like in the first drive and put up a touchdown and get that crowd into it, yeah, Wisconsin may think keep that thing interesting. They get a big turnover early. You got to get that crowd into it early. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that this week. I think um, McCord, I think plays well enough. Wisconsin's secondary is okay. Um, and I think, you know, but you saw last week, whenever Ohio State needs a big play, they could just hit the easy button and just give the ball to Marvin Harrison every time. And I think Wisconsin's going to struggle to kind of contain him. And I think McCord's going to use use him again whenever he needs it. And Marvin Harrison should have a big day. And I think the Buckeyes do find a win with that, find a way with that defense. It's not you know, may not be pretty, but they'll find a way to stay undefeated and you know move on to uh, Rutgers for next week.
1: ACC matchup in Atlanta as North Carolina faces Georgia Tech. Interesting game here between these two teams, but I, but I feel like uh, North Carolina is going to win this game pretty convincingly. and they're going to bounce back and win this game convincingly. I' got to win at 34-17 over Georgia Tech, but can Georgia Tech and North Carolina there's a second straight loss, and last week's loss is a stunner for North Carolina.
2: Yeah, but that's Mac Brown for you. That's been the Mac Brown experiment here in North Carolina. He always loses the game he shouldn't. His team, for whatever reason. Um, and this Georgia Tech team is very, very streaky. Like they got blown out the Bowling Green. Then they go on the road and beat Miami. Then last week they gave up over 560 yards of offense to Boston College. Like Georgia Tech, I think, has won three straight against the Tar Heels. Like Georgia Tech's had their number. There's going to be some belief in that locker room. But I think Drake may and that team bounces back. I think Georgia Tech's in a struggle against Tez Walker. And um, and I think North Carolina's gonna have a lot of success on the running game. Georgia Tech's really struggled in that area to stop the run. Um, you know, Hayes Keen, the Georgia Tech quarterback, Texas M transfer. You know, he's got to protect the football, play well. But I got the tar heels knocking them off. I think they're gonna play, I think they'll bounce back, play well this week and Again, probably not going to make the playoffs. They still got a chance to see, get the ACC title game and try to end Florida State's hopes there. But um, I think North Carolina kind of finds a way to end that streak against the Yellow Jackets.
1: We got a uh, Pac-12 matchup in Arizona as we got Oregon State facing Arizona here. And I, and I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game with two good, really good quarterbacks. But I think D.J., Young Gillette plays really well and Oregon State wins it. I got Oregon State winning this one 34 30 over Arizona and keeping their playoff hopes alive.
2: Yeah, but I'm on the Beavers as well 34 to 28. Yeah, you know, Arizona Jet Fish has done an unbelievable job. Noah Fafita, the quarterback coming in for uh, Jayden Delorio, has been awesome. He's played really well and it was a little surprise the first couple of weeks when Arizona lost by a touchdown to Washington and lost in double OT to uh, USC, but you know, this Arizona team's for real. They're going to pick somebody off. They still got UCLA next week at home. They still got Utah at home. Like, they'll pick one of those teams off. It could even be Morgan State Saturday night. But the way DJ's been playing that offense, been running the football. I think the Beavers bounce back. And I feel like Arizona's come off a bye. And the way they've been playing, I feel like it's one of those byes where it's a bad spot because of how bad they, or how well they've been playing. And, you know, Pac 12 after dark, something always weird happens in one of these games. But I do think the Beavers, the way they're, I think they, the way the offense has been playing, I think they find a way to go on the road and survive in uh, the desert.
1: Yeah, it should be a very, very interesting game. And in the Pac 12 is clearly the best conference. In yeah. Football. It's, There's it's, no doubt. I'll, I'll give that to you. There's no doubt.
2: Yeah. The quarterback that,
1: play. Sa- it's the quarterback play. And it's sadly, sadly, it's the last year. But yes, the quarterback yeah. play makes a difference.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Oregon State and Washington State sounds like they might be a Pac-2 alliance here for a couple of years. So the pac 12 may not be completely dead yet. It may be the Pac-Two the next couple of years, but sounds like they might try to get some of those Mountain West teams in at some point. But uh yeah, it stinks that all these guys are going away. Cause yeah, I think eleven of the 12 or 10 of the 12 starting quarterbacks are like transfers. Or now it's nine because Nafita's taking over Delore out Arizona. But yeah, it's been like mostly transfer quarterback kind of starting here and um it's been really impressive to see, yeah, these teams, and every week now to the end of the year, there's there's going to be a game or two that's going to have huge implications for the playoffs and the Pac-12 championship game in this conference. So, yeah, you know, it stinks. it's going away, but uh, yeah, it's been I remember the Pac-12 being this, you know, this like top heavy. It's been a while. Yeah,
1: exactly, 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 exactly. All righty. So uh, the NBA season began on Tuesday night, but before we talk about that. We're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections.
0: Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational and investment needs. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes
1: me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have
0: done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit ShamrockHomeInspectionCT.com.
1: All right, the NBA season tipped off on Tuesday. We had a doubleheader last night. In the first game, uh, the Bucks beat the uh, 76ers 118-117. to 118, 117. And the big question with the Bucs, they went out, traded for Dame Lillard. The big question for the Bucs going into this season is, are they the best team in the Eastern Conference? And I think they are. I think they are because if you're drafting a team, like, like compared to the Celtics, if you're drafting a team, you're taking Giannis first, then you're taking Tatum, but then you're taking a, you're taking Lillard. So two of the top three players between those two teams are, are on the Bucs. I think they're benching a little bit better, too. That's why I would say the Bucs should be the favorite to win the East.
2: That's very close. Um, you know, for sake of argument, I got I the Celtics finishing as a one seed. I really like the way – I know it's one game, but I really like the way Porzingis played the other night against your Knicks. I, I – now the thing is, could he stay healthy? I know that's the big question mark. I they got Drew Holiday, he's a great plug and play guy. You can kind of do, do a lot with him. I like Derek White, Payne Pritchard's decent off the bench. Uh, Tatum's a star, you know we know that. But I'm gonna, t- I think the Celtics might be a little bit better than them. Um, it's very very close. Like I think it, either one, like they're gonna finish like a game out of each other. Um, but I'm gonna take the Celtics right now. Just a little bit more than than, than the Bucs, but it's very close.
1: Yeah, it, it is very close between the two. Oh, very close. I mean, they're clearly the two best teams in the East. I know Miami won the East last year, but they're clearly the two best teams, in my opinion, the two best teams in the East. And also the Bucs have a first-year coach, Celtics with Mizzou. So there's not really a coaching mismatch there from either side. So, it's it, yeah, it's really, really close between these two. I, I would not be surprised if either get to the finals, but I just have to go with the Bucs by a little bit.
2: Yeah, I could see why, because I think Lillard's going to make a huge difference for that team. You know, you kind of saw it last night, late in, late in games, you, you you know, you got a guy that could kind of hit big shots for your lead. So, yeah, I could see why, you know, with the Bucs and, you know, yeah, like the coaching differential or mismatch. Yeah, it's very small. Again, I can't imagine Griffin could be any worse than Boone uh, Boonholder because he was just so bad. But you you never know. Um, So that coaching could, could kind of help the Bucs as well. But, yeah, these two teams are really really good and then there's you know then you get that third team who's kind of it's it's like a drop-off so yeah the bucks and the bucks and um celtics are kind of on a collision course there for the western or eastern conference finals
1: absolutely 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 another question is will g let's go now move on to the sixers uh who lost the bucks last night and the big question for them is will harden be a sixer at the end of the season and I'm going to say no. I think he gets traded the trade deadline. I think the Sixers keep him until the trade deadline, but I think he gets traded the trade deadline. But he will be hard to trade because realistically, no one wants him, they want like teams want like a couple first round picks for him, and no one's going to give a first round pick for James Harden right now.
2: Yeah, you'd be pretty dumb to do that because he just he he likes to burn a fire wherever he's been, um, or wherever he wants out of. Yeah, Harden is a mess. Um, I heard the Clippers are like the team that wants him. Now, him and Russell Westbrook would be very fun to watch. Like th- those two, they, they want play, the ball in their hands.
1: They played they play together. <laughs> played together in Houston. They played together in OKC. They played together in OKC. So they've played together.
2: They have. You know, at this point in their career, it be fun to watch. But yeah, I again, I, I, I would avoid. James Harden with a ten foot pole, if I could. Um, I would not want him on my team. I just, I think he's a giant cancer that to a locker room. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I think he gets traded, and maybe it's sooner rather than later because they didn't even let him travel. So maybe they, maybe they are closer to something, um, to dealing him now. Maybe, but yeah, I, I think he's gone by dead deadline trade deadline. I don't think there's any way he's on this team by March. Yeah,
1: yeah after what he called Daryl Morey, absolutely, he's, he's definitely gone.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And he, you know. Yeah, any team that's crazy enough to trade for him is you know, you you you, you know you 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 know you deserve the mis- you know you deserve whatever happens if he wants out in the next you know in a week or so in the offseason. So yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, it might be a good thing for the for the Sixers to get him off of that team. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So the so the nugget, the, Suns, the Lakers beat the Suns last night 195. But really the questions with those two teams is is who is a bigger, th- bigger who has a better chance to compete with the Nuggets? Who's a bigger threat to the Nuggets in the Western Conference, Suns or Lakers? And I'm you st- know, the Suns lost last night. I'm definitely going to say the Suns with with Bradley Beal, with Devin Booker, who didn't play last night. Beal or Booker didn't play. You <coughs> know, yeah, and obviously Kevin Durant's still one of the best players in the game. And even at this point, he's arguably as good as LeBron. And I think he's going to be used more than LeBron because LeBron's going to be on that ministry structure. Now, they didn't really. They, they, they played them more in the fourth quarter last night, but with LeBron being on that minutes restriction, which is a possibility, I, I'm definitely going to say the Suns. I definitely think the Suns are definitely and, – and, and the Suns gave the Nuggets a better series last year without Bradley Beal. So I'm definitely saying the Suns. The Suns gave the Nuggets their best series in the entire postseason last year. They took them to six. No one else took them to, to all the other teams. The, the, the Heat lost in five. The Lakers lost. it got swept. Uh, I'm trying to think who they played in the first round. I think that they beat the, the uh, Timberwolves in five. So – yeah, I, I the the to me the Nuggets are uh, the Suns have the best chance of competing with have a better chance to compete with the Nuggets than the Lakers too.
2: Yeah, I'm with you too with the Suns here. Yeah, without Beal and Booker last night, like they still only lost by five to the Lakers. Like the Lakers really, you know, and they they won that game too because Durant kind of just ran a gas there in the fourth quarter too. Like they only scored 11 points. Like, and I think. You know, I think the Suns got a little bit more depth now. Like, I like Yusuf Nurkic coming in. You know, they got Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen. Yeah, you they, know, they,
1: they, they, they need to trade Aiden. That was a good trade.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think it's going to help their depth here, especially when they get a couple of their starters back here. Um, So, you know, and I know, like, they got Bull Bull, too, who's kind of on a mid-restriction. I know he didn't play last night, but he's, like, a good kind of backup option there. Could You know, who's going to help on the defensive end of the floor with his shot-blocking ability? So, yeah, I think right now the Suns are the better one. I don't. Well, I know the Lakers, they got some depth, but like you never know you can get out of DeAndre Russell night in night out. He's very consistent. And AD the other night he got shut out in the second half. Like you don't know what you're gonna get out of him either. So right now, I I think the Suns right now are a little bit better than the uh than the Lakers to be a bigger threat to the Nuggets.
1: yes, I, yes, I definitely agree there. Now uh, Wednesday night, Victor Wembanyama made his debut. For the Spurs, they lost. They end up losing to the uh, Mavericks in their first game. But the big question is uh, for for uh, uh, for the Spurs is and, and Wemby can can Victor Wemby Miyama carry the Spurs to the postseason? I don't think I, I don't think so. I, I would even say, I, and that question means the playing tournament. So I don't think I still don't think so. I just don't think that team's good enough. And Wemby, real I mean, as, and Wemby was deep, pretty good, but he wasn't dominant in that game. So. I would say no. I don't think that Wemby can carry the Spurs to the postseason.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't either. There's there's some talent around this team, but like outside of like Devin Vassell, there's not a lot there right now. And um, I think it's to be tough. He had the same exact stat line that Tim Duncan did his his first career game too. So another like weird little kind of weird thing to happen. But look, you know, I, I think this team they still got a lot of work to do. They're still kind of building that foundation and kind of this new core here so um yeah like i, I don't see this i think this spurs going to have a hard time getting a lot of 30 wins and i know too they're going to take it easy on win too to kind of get him used to this league and all that so he's not going to play in all the games so i feel like too the spurs you know still another another year away from kind of being there they got to get another draft pick you know maybe spend some money this offseason to get it kind of a, you know another top top player to kind of come in and with one binyama, so yeah, I don't think they're gonna make the uh in season tournament just yet or the or the playing tournament just yet.
1: All righty, so now we are going to give our sleeper teams first. We'll give our sleeper teams to compete for the playoffs in the eastern conference and the western conference. And for me, it's pretty they actually played each other on opening night, but for me, it's pretty easy in the east. It's the magic you got Paolo, you got uh, you got uh, Franz Wagner, you got north, you got uh, you got Cole Anthony coming off the bench. I mean, so I, I think the Magic are the team. They're, they're that sleeper for me in the Eastern Conference to make the, to, to get to, into the postseason, to maybe get into the play to playing tournament and get to the playoffs. And then in the West, this might surprise you. I'm going to go with Houston because of Imei Udoka and some of the young talent they have. I know they got crushed in game, in, in their first game. With some of the young talent they have, with with Jabari Smith, with uh, with uh, Jalen Green, with some of the young talent I have, and they got Fred Van Fleet. I'm gonna go with Houston as my sleeper. And they got a head coach. They got a team to the NBA finals two years ago. I'm gonna go with Houston as my sleeper in the West. So in the East, it's Orlando. In the West, it's Houston.
2: Yeah, Houston. That's a good. One. I did. You know that they they definitely got some young talent there. That yeah, that you could kind of see getting. You know, yeah, I think that team's to be better than what they played like the other night. But yeah, with the Udoka and some of the young talent, with Fran Vliet. Yeah, that's. A, I totally see them being a sleeper there. I got the same one too as you for the East. I got the Magic. I. You know, that team started last year 5 and 20. The end of the year going 29 to 28. Like, this team got better towards the end of the year. I think Fultz running that point guard spot. I know he hasn't, like, totally been, like, lived up to, like, be a number one pick, but without him last year, they were 5 and 17 with them. They were like, five games over 500. So, with him, um, you know, and I like, I like, you know, you mentioned, you know, they got Wagner, you know, Powell McCarroll had a really nice rookie year. Um, I really liked their starting five there. And I think they do got some depth options so I really like that magic team and I think they could definitely they're definitely a sleeper there they're going to put up a lot of points and I feel like they get enough sauce expensively they- they're they definitely going to be a tough team um to beat in the night out especially in that division two where you got Atlanta, Miami and then you got you know Charlotte and uh Washington who are not very good and be at the bottom of the barrel so I could see them kind of picking off some games there and kind of being able to win some division games to uh get them in there get them in Get them in like a playoff situation too.
1: Now, my sleeper to win the champ to compete for the championship, I'll start with in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to go with Cleveland. I know it was close between Cleveland and the Knicks, but I feel like the difference is is Cleveland has that guy that could that could carry you, that could carry you, that could take that last shot, and that could that could help you pull upsets in playoff series. The Knicks don't have that guy. The the Cavs do with. I know the Knicks beat the Cavs last year, but the Cavs had that guy and Donovan Mitchell. I feel like Evan Mobley can be improved this year. So I think the Cavs, they're my sleeper in the East. And then in the West, I'm going to go with New Orleans. Because when Zion is healthy, this team is really, really good. They were really impressive on opening night. They got some really good players with Brendan Ingram, with uh, uh, Jonas, Val- with with, with, with CJ McCollum. So I'm going to go with New Orleans. So, to- so I'm going to go with New Orleans in the West and uh, Cleveland in the East.
2: So yeah, I got the uh, Cavs as well here. Um, I like what they did this off season. You know, getting Max Drews and um Georgie Yang. You know that that was something they didn't have a ton of depth last year. They really struggled in that playoffs series to shoot the basketball. And I think they got a little bit more talent around them now around Mitchell. And yeah, I think he's good enough here to kind of, um, as you mentioned, the, you know, to uh pick, you know, a Celtic or or Milwaukee out, um, and knock them out of the playoffs. So. I, I, you know, and I think Obi Toppin too. Like, I don't think he ever fit that with Tom Thibodeau because he was not good enough defensively. And I think Cleveland's a much better fit for him. And I think he could have a better year playing with the, um, with the, um, Cleveland Cavaliers. So, or no, he's on Indiana. What am I saying? Oh, uh, I don't know why I had him on, on Cleveland, but, um, but I, I still think with Klisvert as well coming off the bat, or, um, that shooting guard as well. I just think Cleveland's got some better shooters this year, and I got Cleveland. I think um, they could have a really – they got a really good young team. And my other one for in the West, I got the OKC Thunder. That's a good I, one. I think they're this year's Sacramento King, where they're like really? – the I'm, nobody... I'm
1: surprised you didn't take your Kings, though.
2: Uh, I'm just I, – I think we're an 8 seed.
1: Really? After the way you guys played opening oh. night?
2: I don't – I thought we were better defensively. I still don't i still don't love, i still need to see it like tonight at the war is is a big prove it to me night but um i love you know sga again he could be a guy that could win the mvp chet holgren's healthy this year like i think that's going to be a fun duo to watch this year um you know they got um they, they got jalen williams kid out of santa clara who you know burst it on the scene last year like they got a lot of scoring options they're going to pull up a lot of points I think defensively, it's going to be a question mark for them. Um, But I really like this OKC team. I I, I think they're good. I haven't I haven't finishing third in the West. Like, I, I think this wow. team is going to be very, very good. And I could see this team. I think they got the talent. I think they got the guard to uh, knock off a couple of teams when they're not careful. And I, I love I love this OKC team. I think I think they're going to be a, uh, a, a big threat to teams out in the Western Conference this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, I think yeah, they definitely could be a sleeper. I, I would not be surprised if OKC makes a run. So now we're going to go do our uh, NBA Finals prediction. And for me, I'm, I think the Nuggets repeat. I think the Nuggets repeat. And obviously the team, or I think they're going to beat. Like I said earlier, I think they beat the Bucs. So in, in my NBA Finals, I got the Nuggets beating the Bucs. Justin, I know you got the Celtics in it. Who do you got in the West? Who, the, who do you got the Celtics playing?
2: I got the Phoenix Suns coming out of the Western Conference Ooh. this year. I'll say Durant stays healthy, Booker and, and Beal doing off, and, you know, I, I think they'll knock off Denver this year, I think, in the Western Conference Finals. Um, and in my final prediction, I'm going to take the uh, Phoenix Suns to get it done. I, I think Durant gets another ring here. I think Booker gets his first along with um, Bradley Beal. I think their depth's better this year. I think their def- I think defensively they're going to be better this year with, with Nurchik and uh, Bula Bula. Um, as well. I think they're going to be better. And I, I think Phoenix, they spend a lot of money here and I, I think they uh, get rewarded and I think they find a way to knock off the Celtics. And I'll say they, they win at six games.
1: Yeah. It's, if Durant wins, it's a lot of pressure on Durant this year. He's got to win that ring without Steph Curry. If you can win that one without Steph Curry, that's really going to help his legacy.
2: Yeah, it absolutely will. You know, it, it, it definitely will. And yeah, to kind of be that guy in Phoenix and um. You know, I know, you know, he's got a pretty good team around him at Booker and Beal. But, yeah, if he can win one without Golden State and finally kind of get one um, after his chances in OKC, I know the Brooklyn thing kind of went downhill there very quickly. But, yeah, if he can win another one, that would be huge for him because he he does need that other ring. He kind of he's got to get one as he's kind of the guy. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a big, big one for his legacy.
1: Now to wrap up, who's your MVP? Mine is Nicole Jokic because it's his league. Best player on the best team. Right now it's Jokic's league, so he's my MVP this year.
2: Yeah, I'm. I got same as you. I'm going with uh, Jokic. I thought last year he got robbed of it. That was ridiculous. Well, that was absolutely yeah, that.
1: ridiculous with Embiid winning it. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. That that it was, and I think you know, and Jokic he's a triple double machine. Like he could just wake up and just you know crawl out of bed. He'll go get you a triple double. Um, you know, you saw it the other night the way he could kind of distribute the ball. Um, you know, huge Jokic fan. I think you know after last year, I think you know. He'll, he'll win another one because, you know, that Nugget team's going to fish right up towards the top of the Western Conference. So I'm going to say Jokic again. He's the best player right on the sport.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 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 It's definitely, he is definitely the best player in the NBA. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ and For Justin Afrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the World Series, Week 9 of the NFL season, and Week 10 of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone.
0: Is drilled to deep right field toward the
1: pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the '90s as the best organization in baseball because the Yankees are not, nor even
2: close to, the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like you're the Yankees.
0: My name is Joe Aguilar. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Drawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrestmedia.com.